This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go. This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by senior fun buns, Brandon Funston. We're going to do something a little bit different on the pod today. Normally, uh, we rifle off a bunch of waiver wire picks. We count them down. We throw out fab bids. But the waiver wire is somewhat so-so. This week, unless, you know, you're a Chuba Hubbard enthusiast and or maybe you want to try to get Royce Freeman. So we're going to do it at the top. And then knowing that the rule of three has officially kicked in, Brandon, for those that don't know what that is, it's viewing things through a three game sample size and coming away with concrete takeaways. Because I know a lot of you out there are panicking over some underachieving players that you might have spent some high draft capital on, and you're wondering, what the hell do I do with them? So we're going to address some of those individuals in this pod today, but we still want to toss a bone to those of you with waiver wire eyes right now uh, looking to pick up a couple players and slap them in flex uh, seal style uh, as a patch on your leaky team. So Brandon... Uh, give me your top three waiver wire targets here as we enter week four. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Uh, I will go with number one, Chuba Hubbard. Um, I think, although Carolina did not put Christian McCaffrey on the IR, which opens up the potential for him to come back in less than three weeks, I still think it's probably a four-week injury at the minimum on a hamstring. You want to be cautious with him. Hubbard looked good. Yeah, there'll be probably a little bit of Royce Freeman mixed in, but Hubbard looks the most like the guy that, you know, as far as like running a similar offense to what uh, Christian McCaffrey can bring to the table. So I'm going 40% if I'm a Christian McCaffrey rosterer uh, to replace my number one overall pick while he is out. I would go 40% of my fab budget. Uh, I'm going to throw out former Panther Curtis Samuel. Someone that mm. we've forgotten about. Mm. Uh, the Washington football team's getting nothing from their number two receivers. They need Curtis Samuel in the in the lineup. Uh, they can move him all over the place. I think he can uh, be a fun, fun co- uh, you know component for Taylor Heineke. Uh, so I'm you know thinking a lot of people are going to forget about him. You can probably get away with fifteen to twenty dollar bid, and that might just get get a guy that uh, you know had he been playing. Uh, I think he'd be rostered for sure and wouldn't be out yeah. there in waiver waiver wire. So, and then I like Tim Patrick. Um, oh yeah, twenty three percent rostered in Yahoo leagues right now. That's not enough. We talked about him last week, and you know we were both pretty bullish. And you've loved him for a long time. Uh, now KJ Hamler's out for the year. This is kind of like Minnesota with the Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, or you know those teams that have like the two guys: Seattle, Binek of the Woods, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You're talking about that kind of, you know, uh, attention because there's just not a whole lot left. Injuries have taken away guys there, uh, so I, I think there's just a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities to be had for both of those receivers there. Teddy Bridgewater, you brought up a few times, throwing the ball down the field that works well for both Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Yeah, it's not no uh, longer Teddy T Rex. Uh, I yep. mean, he's tyrannical in the best way possible, which is attacking defenses <laughs> down the field. Although the biggest test uh, yet for this Denver Broncos team, they played a meek schedule to begin the season, but now you get the mighty Baltimore Ravens coming to Empower Field on Sunday. That's one of the matchups I'm really looking forward to most. I agree. Chuba Hubbard's got to be at the top of the list. I'm not going 40%, though. Now, with CMC going on injured reserve and knowing they could be back in you know four weeks or less, 
Um, you know, I think Royce Freeman's still going to play a role. I go maybe $30, $35 out of a $100 budget on him. Uh, and I would throw, you know, probably 8 to 13 in a deeper league if you need some running back help for Royce. Because Royce is a superior pass protector. He's very good in the pass game as well and gets some of those tough yards between the tackles. Maybe he'll sneak a goal line carrier two here over the next uh, four games for this Carolina franchise. So, again, he shouldn't go all in and smash the piggy bank on Hubbard, though he should command the heavy side of what I feel will be a 65-35 split. Uh, give me Emmanuel Sanders as well. I think Emmanuel Sanders is somebody of interest worth 6 to $10. Uh, a player that's caught 11 to 20 targets so far for 194 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, Stephon Diggs is you know, overshadowed him. He is the alpha dog in this Buffalo Bills wide receiver core. And you're going to get some moments from Gabriel Davis. Hell, Dawson Knox has uh, caught a touchdown in back-to-back games. But Josh Allen's temporary journey back in time to his sucky days, uh, no longer. Right, because he yeah. got back on track this past week, and he got Houston, he got Casey, he got Tennessee on the immediate horizon. I think Sanders is worth six to ten dollars if you need the wide receiver help. Uh, remember, he's also top fifteen among qualifying wide receivers in total air yards and average depth of target so far in the young year. And then at tight end, if you're needy, and my hand is raised, Tyler Conklin it impressed the hell out of me on Sunday. You know, I thought it was going to be more KJ Osborne. You know, because he's the guy that really picked up the slack for the injured Irv Smith. Now the pendulum is swung maybe to Conklin, a guy that lined up in the slot uh, a, a fair amount uh, in his matchup over the weekend um, against your Seattle Seahawks. Eight targets, seven catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. And you look at what's upcoming for him, Cleveland and Detroit. So I think he's a very viable free agent for somebody who needs a tight end, I'd be willing to go 10 to 15 bucks, and I'm hoping I'm one of those dudes with a winning bid because I need it desperately <laughs> right now at least. Yeah. <laughs> but Conklin's interesting, very interesting. So there you go, a little brief rundown of some of your top waiver wire targets here as we enter week number four. But right now, let's round the track with another Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, Brandon, the theme today is panic or patience for players that you might have spent uh, some heavy coin on in an auction slash salary cap or even a snake draft uh, with a high draft pick overall. And, like, what the hell you should do with them here over the near term or potentially the rest of the season? Let's start in Atlanta and Mike Davis. Now, if you listen to Brandon and I on the SiriusXM Fantasy Show, Faith the Noise, listening to it 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern every Monday through Friday on Channel 87, uh, you know, remember, you and I were bullish on Davis. We're like, ah, he's got no competition. He's going to go, and he's going to be a 300-touch back. And then we talked to a number of Atlanta beat writers, and holy cow, was a wet blanket throwing on our viewpoint because they said Cordero Patterson is going to be a thorn in the side. He is going to be a thing in this backfield, and you might want to slow your roll. And sure enough, they were entirely right. As uh, just this last week, the snap – uh, disparity between Davis and Patterson, 35-22 to 22 in favor of Davis, but uh, he's just not getting the volume, my man. I don't know about that. I mean, is he not? I mean, look at game to game. He's, he's been no worse than 16 touches. He's been 18, 16, and 16. If you told us that at the beginning of the year that he would have uh, you know, basically an average of just about 17 touches per game and that 14 of those touches were going to be receptions, like We'd be like, yeah, that's what we're thinking. You know, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, that's true. 
he hasn't gotten huge yardage, and he also has only has one carry inside the five-yard line. He got it against the Giants. It was a one-yard run, uh, first and first and goal, and he did not convert. And and I actually don't think the Giants ended up converting a touchdown on that and settled for – or the Falcons settled for a field goal on that drive, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I mean, Atlanta scoring 16 points per game. This is a way worse offense than we expected. Like, our issue with Atlanta was going to be defense mostly. Um, but they have issues across the offense. And something I brought up, Cordell Patterson being your number one offensive player should not have been their goal coming into the season. They want to get guys <laughs> like Ridley and Pitts going. Kyle Pitts, do. what are you yeah. doing? He's a god. Feet of the football. Open up things downfield, and that will help your running backs out a lot. Yeah, it will, no doubt about it. You, you know, you make a salient point about the volume that's there, but, you know, you mentioned it, the lack of the red zone work. Uh, so is it panic or patience? Are you exercising patience? Because I'm panicking about Mike Davis. Uh, I'm somewhere in between. Like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go out and sell him for, you know, 50 cents on the dollar. Um, but, yeah, I, I would expect Atlanta's going to have to – as Atlanta's offense goes, I think so will Mike Davis, and they're – they're in, in full-on brainstorming mode. They have to be right now to figure this thing out. Yeah, I mean, the underlying data isn't terrible for Davis. 2.86 yards of a contact per attempt. You compare that to Cordero Patterson. It's 3.10. He's forced a missed tackle 19.4% of the time. That's laudable. In the upcoming schedule, get Washington this week. Eh, don't really like that so much. Uh, the fighting football is going to just 3.7 yards per carry. They get the Jets at home by week and then at Miami. And we know that Miami has been a sieve in the trenches, I mean, Peyton Barber is running for 100-plus yards against him, for crying out loud. So <laughs> That's a bad indictment of a defense right there. There is no doubt about it. When the ham and agar is going off and it is not turning into an omelet, uh, that's, <laughs> that's beyond reparable for sure. So Mike Davis could be some better days ahead, but I'm panicking a little bit. Brandon in a state of limbo. Number four. All right, let's move on to another running back and a guy that uh, really – uh, caught our uh, affections early on in the season, and then week three happened. Tyson Williams of the Baltimore Ravens, Brandon, and here is his snap total. First three weeks, 33, 34, and then a nosedive of just 23 in that like slugfest, and, and I mean that in a negative sense, against Detroit, and they got bailed out because Justin Tucker hit it all-time long field goal. The opera singer, oh, hitting the high note there at the end of the game. But you look at Tyson Williams, RB6 right now in yards of the contact per attempt. You'd love to see that at 3.52. He's forcing a missed tackle uh, and encouraging 8.5% of the time. But you look at the schedule upcoming at Denver. Best of luck there. Broncos giving up 3.3 yards per carry. Then you get Indy, defense that's really struggling in the trenches. 4.4 yards per carry allowed. You get the Chargers after that. They've been one of the friendliest fronts in the NFL. 5.4 yards per carry allowed to the running back position. Then Cincinnati, who's been a surprise up front, giving up just 3.0 yards per carry to running back. So what are we doing with Tyson Williams? You're getting some Devonta Freeman, unbelievably, and Latavius Murray as well. And simply, nobody's really running the ball a whole lot here. So what are your thoughts? 
Yeah. Screw you, Greg Roman. Guy, I just have a lot of disdain for the guy running, you know, calling the shots for this <laughs> offense. Uh, I'm panicking on Tyson Williams. I don't, I'm not playing him. I suspect a lot of leagues he'll be available on waivers this week. Um, People are bailing out of this situation. I'd I don't pick him blame up. Him. I would pick him up and, if he's outright dropped at a twelve. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to drop him. Uh, I, I will keep him on on, on roster. Uh, he is the best looking back. You got to hope that that gets recognized by the coaching staff, and maybe it's just a, at some point they'll start to feel a lot more comfortable in his, in what he's you know gained experience wise. Uh, but he looks like he has the most juice. But I'm certainly. Putting him on my bench, and I don't care who you have listed for him coming up on a schedule. He just played the Lions. And if you can't trust him against the Lions, you got to bench until further notice. Yeah, I, I'm agreement with you in terms of benching him this week, particularly against Denver. But, I, again, I think the Colts and the Chargers upcoming could really reverse the course of where his season is going. So I'm saying exercise patience. I believe in the talent. I think he's the best running back on roster currently in Baltimore if Greg Roman just pulls the head from the ass. Number three. All right, let's go to wide receiver. Let's talk about a guy and maybe squeaky wheel gets the grease. Brandon, Robbie. <laughs> just going to say that. Yeah. Robbie Anderson. Matt Rule's like, yeah, we got to get him the ball more. Uh, and you look at some of the underlying data, it, it is impressive for him. You know, on the surface, just 10 targets, five catches, 103 yards, had that long touch, and that was the only catch in a revenge game against the Jets in week one, then went for a 57-yarder and into the end zone. But he's number two among qualifying wide receivers and average at the target at 18.4. He's number six in a yak per reception. Again, those are standout numbers and rules like we got to get him some action. Well, you get Dallas, you get Philly, you get Minnesota, you get the Giants these next four games. The numbers are coming. I don't care what the player prop is uh, this upcoming <laughs> Sunday. I'm taking the over and big D on him. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Obviously, patience with Robbie Anderson, right? Yeah, is, have you ever had the friend who's had like the girlfriend that you're just like, oh, everybody hated the girlfriend, thought that, that like it brought out the worst oh, in your oh, friend. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah uh, that happened, and that yeah. friend married her, and oh, well, and he, then well, that... and then hang on, there's more of the story here, and then he felt so miserable about a decade in to the relationship after three kids, he went uh, to a park nearby, camping with his kids, uh, stared at the fire, and said. I don't like her. I'm getting divorced, and he's never been better. <laughs> True yeah, story. Well, that was that was you know it kind of you know plays along my analogy here that you know. But then I was just gonna say they break up and he goes on to a new relationship. Everybody's happy, likes the new girlfriend. Yeah, yeah his new wife then, is awesome. Inevitably, there is a breakup there, and things go awry, oh, and then he ends oh. up rebounding back with his old girlfriend. That's kind of where we're ooh, at with ooh, Robbie Anderson. Ooh, I don't. Like, I don't want that to happen to my friend. Yeah, we had Teddy Bridgewater bringing out the best in Robbie Anderson, <laughs> and it was all good. But then they broke up, and he goes. Robbie Anderson goes back to his old flame, and that that old flame is a fizzle, uh, unfortunately, and it's not working out. Uh, we'll see if the squeaky wheel gets the grease. But it's been, it's he's been Robbie Anderson of the Jets with his old former quarterback Sam Darnold. That's the the role he's been having, and. We, you know, we he was the compiling short area guy last year, and that was great for fantasy. We'll see if they kind of go back to the drawing board, go back and look at some of the film, and try to start using him a little bit more. But right now, DJ Moore is dominating targets. Yep. Um, and I just, it's just kind of like Tyson Williams. I don't know how you can play Robbie Anderson, even though you're talking about you know potential upside in upcoming matchups. Like, I'm at the point with Robbie Anderson now where I need to see the usage change, and I'm. 
there's guys like Tim Patrick and Curtis Samuel. Are you sure you wouldn't want to just go out and get those guys no, instead of no. keeping Robbie? Well, Anderson Tim Patrick, maybe because you know about my affections for Tim Patrick, as you said at the top of the pod. But no, I, I'm going to play into the narrative here, and I believe that Matt Roll is going to dial up place for Robbie Anderson, and it's going to be a higher volume game with CMC out this week against Dallas. I'm buying low on Robbie Anderson. Okay, there you go. All You're right. not panicking. I got a little panic seeing him go back to his ex-girlfriend. Don't like it. Patience, patience, (laughs) and don't go back to your ex, my friend. I'm warning you. Number two. All right, let's move on. Uh, A man I wish was my ex, Matt Nagy, who is ruining the Chicago Bears uh, in every way, shape, and form. A travesty, an embarrassment, complete humiliation suffered by, by the hands of the Cleveland Browns along Lake Erie. Uh, no RPO plays. Justin Fields, I guess, just a pocket quarterback, Brandon, and he had no time to throw. More time sacked than completions on the field against Miles Garrett, who's going to see in his nightmares for decades to come. Uh, again, it's just inexcusable, the performance overall. And as clearly there's trickle-down effects here. What do we do with Dave Montgomery? What do we do with Allen Robinson? Panic or patience? By the way, the Bears' upcoming schedule, Detroit at Vegas, Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Couple of nice matchups in there. Well, I would tempted to say like, oh, clearly Matt Nagy can't just like continue on with this style of usage for Justin Fields. But then, you know, I've been hearing Matt Nagy being compared to the new Adam Gase. <laughs> and we would say that about Adam Gase all the time. Clearly he's not gonna keep, you know, giving the the stiff arm to Kenyon Drake. Clearly he's not gonna lean on Frank, old man Frank Gore. And yet he kept doing it over and over again. And Adam Gase never changed in the way that we wanted him to. Is Matt Nagy the, the same guy now? Is he the, the you know, the stubborn idiot mule? Who's destined that, to coach high school football in like a year or two? Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, there's a little bit of panic here. And not so much for David Montgomery because whatever. He's going to get volume. He's going to get volume one way or the other unless he have an absolute shutdown game with a terrible game plan against a, a you know, shutdown defense like like that uh, is coming off of. But Allen Robinson's a different story. Normally he hasn't been QB dependent. doesn't matter who it is. But right now it's sort of mattering. Yeah, I think you got to bench Allen Robinson until further notice. You know, I, yeah. I said this on the radio show, and I'm going to reiterate it here. If you got Mike Williams, play him. Absolutely play him. And you might say, well, well, you know, well, uh, you never sit your studs, Evans. Uh, Al Robinson doesn't qualify, folks. Okay, we need to move on. You know, you got to live in the here and now. And Mike Williams, maybe a stud. King of consistency yeah. with a much better quarterback who's better protected. And is always in pew, 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 shootout affairs. So I'm with you on Dave Montgomery. And the underlying numbers have been great for him still. RB11 in yards after contact per attempt. Uh, but he only has one carry inside the five because the Bears just simply do not find the red zone. They can't move the ball, so that is a concern, but stay the course with him. Maybe buy low, super cheap on him, but Al Robinson, wide receiver, 64 yards per target right now. Uh, It's just, again, inexplicable how he's being used. It has everything to do with Nagy and his inability to scheme properly for Justin Fields in this offense, and Nagy himself coming out uh, on this Monday edition saying, oh, we may have Nick Foles starting this week. Maybe it's going to be Andy Dalton. Maybe it's going to be Fields. A guy is ruining this team and the confidence of a talented young quarterback in Justin Fields. Number one. All right, number one on the list. Panic or patience? Jonathan Taylor, Brandon. No touchdown on the season. Uh, it's kind of a rocky start, similar to what he did last year. But remember, he really turned it on over the second half and was gangbusters, top five running back down the home stretch. You get the feeling that's going to be the case again this year, or is this just outright panic for the rest of the season? 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not panicking. Of all the people that we've talked about, he's the guy I'm probably least panicking on. Uh, you know, he had a game where he just had 10 carries, but he's been. You know, the carries have come or the touches have come down each week, but I have a feeling that's kind of mirroring the quarterback situation. Um, I think we need to get Carson Wentz healthy, uh, and that'll help things out. Uh, but I mean, look, he's coming off a game; he had ten carries for sixty-four yards. That's good production. Just yeah. uh, you know, you got to stay work. in game. You got to stay in games. You got to be competitive. You know, this game against Miami with Jacoby Brissett. I think this is going to be with either Indy playing with a lead or being within a score of the lead um, the, most of the way. And I think he can get to 15 to 20 carries this week and, and maybe gets in the end zone. And, you know, score like Antonio Gibson getting a 70-yard touchdown catch, like that changes a lot of ills in the way you look at a player. It's like he was mostly the same guy, but, oh, by the way, he, he got loose for a touchdown. And that just changes the outlook, makes everything a whole lot rosier. So find the end zone, Jonathan Taylor, and everybody will stop freaking out. Yeah, don't uh, don't panic. Obviously, exercise patience here. And don't worry about Naheem Hines getting a little bit more red zone work. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor's still number five in red zone percentage among all running backs right now. He's got 13 attempts and six inside the five. He's going to cash eventually. Uh, the under, uh, other underlying analytics that really stand out, 23.8 missed tackle rating. You mentioned, too, Miami, give it up 4.4 yards per carry the running back position. Then you get Baltimore. They get Houston after that. And they've mm. given up five yards per carry. So there's some get-right spots here for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, some of the one-for-one -one deals uh, going down for him at Yahoo League. Jonathan Taylor for Calvin Ridley. Give me Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor for Tyler Lockett. Give me Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor for Mike Williams. I'd still take Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor for Antonio Gibson. Ooh, it's close. Yeah. But I'd probably That's still close. go Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I, I, I'm not ready with an answer. That's close. But either way, we're still valuing uh, high-volume running backs. And you got to look at Jonathan Taylor that way. He's not going to have 11 touches too often coming out of a Sunday. Yeah, definitely. So, again, take a chill pill. Jonathan Taylor, folks, is going to be just fine. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, we got breaking news uh, at tape time here on this Monday. Believe it or not, the Josh Gordon sweepstakes winner is... Kansas City! Kansas City! That's where Gordon's going to go. Uh, great barbecue there. Uh, and an awesome quarterback as well. But you got Tyree Kill. You got Travis Kelsey. But Nicole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson. A lot of inconsistency there at wide receiver. Uh, would you even remotely entertain him in a 14-team or a 12-team league for like a dollar or two? Not a 12-teamer, 14-teamer. I guess it would depend on how competitive and what your waiver wire is looking at. Look at I mean, Kansas City's problems are bigger than their second, third, or fourth wide receiver. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can't even get catches in this offense. This is dominated by Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They got offensive line issues. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not getting too excited about Josh Gordon. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well, and I hope he can stay around and play a bunch of football and, and be on the field for a while. But I just don't see a ton of upside kind of mixing in with this group in Kansas City right it, now. It's a dollar flyer at most. And that's yeah. coming from me. Uh, the biggest Josh Gordon apologist maybe on planet Earth. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Uh, it's just a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of irons in the fire there for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and the last placed Kansas City Chiefs. I can't believe I'm saying that right now in the AFC West. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Please follow Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. Follow me there at Noisy Cuevas. Drop us a rating and a review. If you like this program, would you kindly? And until next time, as always, adios, amigos!